Hey everybody, welcome. I'm sure you'll all be familiar with the name Cheryl Batchelder. We had her on the Eternal Leadership Podcast and it was, uh, if you guys want to go listen to her interview, it was incredible. Eternal Leadership forward slash 056. Just a little background. Cheryl, you're the former CEO of Popeyes. You're a director at Pier 1, at U.S. Food Holding Corp, at Chick-fil-A. You wrote a fantastic book, which is why we had you on first, about Dare to Serve. And it was about how you, what we talked about last time was how you uh, brought in this whole concept of servant leadership. I know Ken Blanchard uh, is a mentor of yours, if I remember correctly. But you took one of the worst performing companies in your whole industry and turned it to one of the best. And I was thinking about, you know, so many people are reaching out to me right now, Cheryl, just as we're moving through this and things have changed and it feels like this period of time, almost what's happening, not just from the healthcare aspect, but just business and how things, there's so many unknowns, it feels unprecedented. And a lot of our typical places we might go to for advice or mentorship or consulting doesn't feel to me like it's really on point. And so what I because I love your perspective and how you, your faith, how you think about people, how you just approach things. You know, people out there right now that are in a leadership role, and it could be right now, husband or father, right? Our entire family's under my roof. Colorado, we have a shelter in place in order. So, you know, as husbands, fathers, mothers, wives, you know, we might be now leading a remote team. We might be required to be driving into work. So what advice in this environment do you have for leaders? I think the best principle I can offer leaders for this time is one that we did use the entire 10 years at Popeye's, and I still attribute it to most of our success. And the principle is simply this. It is listen carefully and learn continuously. In a time like this, in a crisis, you need many inputs, you need wise advisors, you need facts, you need to be able to be agile as you listen to the information coming in, Uh, you need to be able to pivot quickly as things evolve, and all of that requires the leader to listen carefully and learn continuously. Now, I was talking to some CEOs earlier this week, and I said to them, I said, is it your natural inclination in crisis to ask for help? Hmm. And there was some nervous laughter on the call because I don't think it's any leader's natural inclination to ask for help in times of crisis. I, you know, we want to look in control. We want to look like we got it. We're smart enough to figure this out. That is exactly the wrong instinct for these times. You need to turn completely to the other side of that coin and say, you know, I need all of you. I need all kinds of wise inputs to lead effectively in this time. Yeah. And when you say learn continually, what kind of learning are you referring to? Well, actually a couple of things I've talked to CEOs and leaders about this week. One is to not try to solve the crisis in a day. It's an unfolding crisis. Mm -hmm. So gather your facts, gather wisdom for today, but don't get ahead of your skis because I think all of us would admit 
we don't know how this is going to turn out, right? There's still so much uncertainty about how rapidly it unfolds, how long we're in shutdown mode. Those are all unknowns. And so stay in the present, learn from today's information, act on what you know, but don't get ahead of yourself. That's part of the way we learn. The second thing I've said to people is, okay, what were you going to do in the future that you might learn right now? Okay, if you were going to, for example, learn how to work better remotely, now would be a really good time to practice, right? Uh, That's an obvious example. But maybe you were going to start some new content in your consulting practice. Maybe you ought to start it now and see if it's helpful. I coached a couple of teams this week to, you know, jump in the pool and swim, provide services, do some creative things. There could be no less costly time to try things than now. Yeah, that's a good point because somebody asked me, hey, what do I do? How do I even pivot? Like, what do I do next? And I think the biggest thing is really understanding who you serve Right. And I think right now, this is an incredible opportunity for us to really serve and be of service to others, really understand kind of where they're at, what they're going through. That might lead to maybe a new area of business that you can expand. But I think in this period of time, it's just about helping other people, like as we're kind of almost all in this together and almost creating a a community. I'm using this time to because I have a little bit extra time here because business has definitely changed, right? Is reaching out and having conversations like this, reconnecting with people and creating this virtual sense of community and friendships that for me has been incredibly meaningful. I mean, there's just so many little things that we can do. But here's a question for, you know, like for people that are leading an organization and they're maybe trying to plan, like what does this even look like how do I start making decisions for 30, 60, 90 days out? And like you just said, it's almost hard to do that. So how do we pull everything back and just really operate in the present with just what we have to do today? Because I think for a lot of leaders, that is not their typical way that they operate. Is that fair? That's true. Well, here's, I'll just share with you what I'm observing. I've been on about 10 COVID planning calls with both for-profit and non-profit organizations in the last seven days. Mm. And that's one of the reasons why I believe this listening carefully is so important. These wise CEOs are getting on the phone with trusted advisors and saying, here's what I'm planning. Here's my ideas. Here's my approach. What am I missing? What else should I be thinking about? And I jotted down just a few of the wise questions that came from other people on the phone to give leaders a sense of what happens when you put it out there and ask people to review your thoughts and give you input. You get fresh perspective, you get different ideas, and it might give you a different solution. So for example, a lot of people were in this really short-term planning mode, like we're going to just act on two weeks. And one wise person on the phone said, well, that's good. Is there some other team that could be working on what if it lasts six weeks? And is there another team that could work on and what if it lasts six months? And Mm. wow, the line went really quiet. But that's provocative and that's helpful to leaders to say, I need a short-term, medium-term, long-term plan. And maybe there's a divide and conquer where that's three teams mapping out potential solutions. Another one you just mentioned that I really want to call out is relationships. Mm -hmm. This came up, for example, on the financial side. 
everybody's bringing all the cash in-house that they can to stay liquid as long as they can to keep their businesses open and sustainable. But one of the wise questions that came up is, what relationships do you have that know your business plan, know the quality of your leadership team, and might provide cash to you if things get really dire? And all kinds of lights went on, right? Because maybe it's a different product. Maybe it's a, a family office that helps you, or maybe it's a small group of investors that knows you well. There may be new sources of capital in your relationship pool. And I would say that's true of every aspect of your business plan. If you're looking for product innovation, what relationships do you have to step into this crisis and give you ideas on how to keep revenues going? I'm loving what's happening in the restaurant business. There's a lot of creativity going on. There are restaurants that just decided to become grocery stores and provide mm. groceries at wholesale cost to all of their employees and maybe even to their community. That's really creative and it brings cash in the door to keep things moving. This week there was a takeout Tuesday. We can't eat in restaurants, but we can buy food and we can have it delivered or we can take it out. Let's be creative, creative, creative. And that comes from gather your people together gather your relationships and say, what can we do? What can we brainstorm? That includes customers. Uh, one company said, we're going to get on the call with every major customer and just say, we're here to help. What does that look like in this new world? What do you need? What could we do? Because you're also taking care of your brand during a crisis and you want every customer to think of you as their go-to partner in crisis. So get out there and have those conversations and make those relationships ever tighter, deeper still. Those are the kinds of things I think wise counsel will help you navigate through in these times. Yeah, and you know what I found too is I've been reaching out. I've been calling people just to pick up the phone and check in. Like, how are you doing personally? Like, you know, where's your head at? How is your family? How is your health? I talked to a friend of mine yesterday. His wife is immunocompromised. Their mother-in-law, who's 85, is living with them. He's afraid to go outside the house. So we sat there and brainstormed on things he could do to get groceries. Could I go to the pharmacy for him? But that led to, you know, and then the conversation led and it ended up to, I was talking about, hey, what are some things we could do to collaborate? We started getting creative. And like just this afternoon, I'm actually speaking at the Elevate series with three friends of mine that are a former Navy SEAL. It was in the SEALs for 27 years. Another guy who wrote Giftology. And so we're just going to have a kind of a panel and just have people be able to on Facebook Live, right? And just come in and ask us questions and just be there to help people. Now, what uh, we get to serve, but we also get to hear where everybody's at and what's going on. And is there something we can do as part of our business to move toward that? I have no idea. We're just kind of doing it right now to serve. But it's amazing. You just start talking to people and ideas start filtering up. And I'm looking at the next period of time and I, I'm looking at it, well, in a big part of it is from faith because I just trust that God's going to lead that next small step that I need to be doing today because he's got a plan for everything. And for me, that kind of, that really changes where I'm showing up from my headspace. But I love what you're talking about, right? Uh, get out there, talk to people, get different perspectives from customers, prospects, clients, financial partners, suppliers and just say, hey, what can we do? What's something out of the box we've maybe always wanted to try now? Might be a great time to try it. Just give it a go. Well, and let me also punctuate that thought about uh, thinking about who we ought to reach out to. 
as a person who shares the same faith that you have, I have tried to listen carefully in my quiet time every morning mm -hmm. for a word on who might need to reach out. And just by acting on those promptings, these are people I might not have thought about for two or three years, but to your point, might have something going on in their family that puts them at particular challenge in this circumstance. And I just started sending a couple texts and emails each morning to people that came to mind in that quiet time. And the response is stunning. I want to remind all of us, you know, God uses us to hold people up in times of crisis. And People need that. Maybe you know a pastor who's ministering like crazy. Well, who's holding him up? <laughs> Have you put out a note to your pastor and said, listen, I know people are calling on you. Just know I'm thinking of you. People with, as you said, immune-compromised family members that are really, really anxious. What encouragement support could I give them? What could I do for them? Could I get in the car and go to Walgreens? All those things. You know, in business and in life, Trust is the driver of everything, and trust comes from how we care for one another and how we invest in one another in good times and particularly in challenging times. And so if you want a, your personal life and your business life to come out stronger at the end of a crisis, you want to be investing in those relationships that are most important on your work team, in your family, and in your community because you want to lean into them for the rest of your life, right? I often say the only legacy we have are the lives that we've been a part of. So let's do more of that. Maybe that will be one of the richest silver linings that comes from this are some deeper still relationships. Yeah, I, I believe that's true. And, you know, the saying, you know, there's no greater love than to lay down your life for somebody else, right? Which I really think is an incredible model for leadership. And it's not about laying down your physical life. In this period of time, especially, what if we just laid down our agenda to serve the agenda of other people? What can we do to be of value, to serve, to be a friend, whether it's to, to just send, you know, your pastor a, a note of encouragement? or it's to actually get in the car when we're not supposed to drive here in Colorado. But, you know, I would call it essential travel if you're going to go do something for somebody or just pick up the phone and be a resource for somebody who's really struggling. I, I talked to one of my friends yesterday, CEO has 500 employees and they can't come into work and they're trying to switch everything to teleworking and remote working. It's not how they're set up. He doesn't know how many people he's going to get to retain and, Sometimes just having somebody external to just even talk to and process with is a huge gift for somebody. You don't even need to have the answer. I didn't have the answers. I've never been in that, you know, I've never had to make the decisions that he has to make. But like you said, when we started, right, I do have the ability to listen, to learn, to try to understand where he's coming from and ask questions that maybe he hasn't thought of or get him to start brainstorming resources in his world that he hasn't yet maybe tapped into or had conversations with. So there's a lot that we can actually be doing, isn't there, Cheryl? There is. You point towards a thing, though, that I want to be sure we talk about, which is we need to exhibit a lot of grace towards mm -hmm. leaders in crisis. And what do I mean by that? The reality is every leader, whether it's business, healthcare, government, universities, everywhere we look, they are making some incredibly difficult decisions 
there's a tension in the decisions they're making that feels like you can't win, right? If mm-hmm. I have to lay off my people to stay alive as a business, I feel terrible. If I don't lay off my people, though, I feel bankrupt. I mean, what's the answer in that, right? It's a very tense time. Our government, you know, do I shut down everything and protect virus spread at risk of economic collapse? I mean, that's a real tension in every decision that our leaders are facing at a government level. Uh, universities, nonprofits, the nonprofit monies are drying up because everybody's generosity, unfortunately, dries up when the stock market collapses by 40%. And so the- Yeah, and our incomes get cut. I mean, two two of my kids, their income went to zero. They're they're staying here right now. Absolutely. Their their industries were mandated to shut down. Now they'll get unemployment at some point, but I mean, right now it's- I can't imagine, and they don't have families to support and kids and mortgages, but, you know, if I was in that position, but that's stressful. It is, and so, I, you know, you, it is so important that we give grace to our leaders. Mm-hmm. They are doing the best they can to juggle, you know, very difficult circumstances, and of course, we need to have an incredibly generous soul towards those who are not as fortunate as us. And there are many, 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 I'm in the restaurant industry, right? Uh, millions of people have been laid off. There are dozens of GoFundMes online. You know, you want to make sure they're vetted ones, but there's lots of opportunity to support restaurant workers. The best one I saw yesterday said, you know, these people have served us meals for years. Couldn't we serve them for the next few weeks? It's a brilliant thought of generosity and giving towards those who have given greatly to us so we could have some beautiful meals and conveniences in our lives. And so I hope that we'll be all pondering how we can be more generous in these times. And by the way, here's a self-interest way to think about that. If you're struggling with anxiety right now, the Mm. fastest way to curb anxiety is to do something for somebody else that's in a rougher spot. You just can't think about yourself if you're feeding somebody hungry or helping an elderly person who can't get out or giving money to a rehab facility that's in crisis today. Whatever you're doing towards others is going to curb this feeling of anxiety that is natural but not very helpful in this circumstance. I love, what a great thought, right? The fastest way to curb anxiety, because we're probably all feeling it at some level, right, is to go help somebody else. And I think that's probably why some of those conversations I've had, now that you say that, have actually felt so good, because for that period of time, I'm not thinking about my situation. And oftentimes in that conversation, you know, and ideas come out, some things that happen to help me. So, you know, Cheryl, just as we, you know, thank you so much. You're one of those people, like, because it's been a while since we spoke, and as I was thinking about, what can I do to help serve the people in my whole community? You know, you immediately came to mind and I so appreciate because I reached out to you and it's been a while and you immediately got back to me and we booked this time. Thank you for who you are. I mean, you just live. I mean, you walk the talk big time and and I think that is so admirable. Uh, And you've said that just you've modeled that for so many people and I, I really appreciate that about you. Thank you. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I want to encourage every single person listening. Let's be purveyors of hope and encouraging words in these times. All right. Well, thank you, Cheryl. If there's anything I can do for you, 
let me know. Let's stay in touch. And if in you know if you guys were listening and you heard something, just please send us a note. Reach out to Cheryl. Reach out to me. We're here for you. I have time on my calendar, so uh, uh, we would love to just listen, learn, uh, maybe give you an insight or a thought, or can uh, make a connection that could maybe just help you take that next small step forward. Because I think that's all I'm focused on right now. <laughs> so. All right. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you now. Have a great day.